The funny thing about success is that if you haven't learned anything, you're still just a stick in the mud. This is my conversation with Gary Rose. What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't, and we can't. But we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny Podcast. I am your host, Hirsch Repman. And if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. Okay, that's right. We are at uh, Truth Tastes Funny Podcast. It's the first thing I got to tell you is who it's a sponsor. They give you they give you a sponsor. They give you some money so you can afford to do uh, whistles and bells. And then today we have uh, support from uh, from the kosher the kosher streetwear brand. This is a streetwear brand. It's all good is the the tagline. The important thing I think to to take away from this why they throw it at you I don't know. The important thing to take away from this it's not about. Kosher food, right, Gary? I don't no, know. No, no, never, never, you know, never, I'm, never really about kosher food. It's not about kosher food. It's about it's all good. The heart, the soul. This guy, that guy, the white guy, the black guy, the Jewish, the Muslim. Everybody, it's all good. That's what kosher is from, and they give us a couple of shkalim uh, to uh, you know make the show. So good for them. Welcome, kosher brand, to the podcast. Um, I could do the whole thing in an Israeli accent, but I think we'll. It, we don't. We had enough trouble with sound uh, early in the early in the, uh, in the in the setup that I think we overcame those things. It's like why well, go back there? Well, yeah, I understand. My guest today is a is a fascinating human being, uh, one I I like and admire very much, uh, as much for his work as for his independent spirit, and I think. Uh, He's brought a lot of uh, intellect and talent and skill and passion to many industries, to the commercial production uh, world, producing commercials all over the world with some of the greatest talents in the industry, some of the greatest agencies, to some amazing photography, to entrepreneurship. We'll talk about a, a brand that uh, he's created called Kickstick, which is a stick that helps you kick smoking. So, I mean, that's just add that to the list. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to go through Gary's life story today. Um, and ultimately, I think we're going to be very moved and inspired and excited and have a really, really good time talking to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Gary Rose. Wow. Thank you. That was a, that was a pretty kind uh, and open introduction there. I've, 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 I have done a lot of different things. Hard to sort of put your finger on, like, so what do you do? Uh, I don't know. Well, let's let's start let's start at the beginning, with your earliest memory, and then we're not gonna we're not gonna you know you're not hold you to it. But if you really had to go back and say, I remember, what's the first thing you remember? I think I uh, I put my hand on a barbecue um, when I was like eight, and I it it burned the hell out of my hand and. My, I, I went in and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I burned my hand. And he said, well, I told you not to touch that. And that would probably be my my first memory. It was like the burning of the fingertips. Getting burned. Yeah. 
So you got burned, and did you did you ever get burned again? No, no. I made sure at that point. I mean, once somebody tried to uh, sell me a, a big pound of weed, um, which wasn't really weed; it was hay um, in a thing with weed on the outside. But I, I, w- I wasn't about to get burned again, and and I said, "Open that up," and then the guy ran away. Like he was like, "I'm not. I'm not gonna." do that but I was about to get burned <laughs> you were about to get burned but you remembered that barbecue yes if Said you not can, twice you know see that's the difference between like learning a lesson and not learning a lesson if you put your hand on a barbecue and you learn that fire is dangerous and can burn you that's one lesson if you learn not to get screwed over by hay salesmen that's you know another, another level another level of awareness Yes. And awareness is really what it's at. It's about continuing to learn. You know, I think the more the more you learn or the more you find joy in learning, um, it keeps things fresh and alive. I think that's inevitably um, I, I started in radio and then I'm going to age myself a bit and then MTV began. So I wanted to do music videos. So I went from working at a radio station in Los Angeles to uh, back to school to, to study, uh, to learn how to direct music videos because I thought, wow, this is going to be big. And and as it turned out, MTV was big. So now I'm a little bit younger. Uh, that was the beginning of reality television. Is that what that was? Is MTV no. where they had a reality television or they did something else before that? MTV actually played just music videos. It was an extension of music where um, actually a a college professor said it was going to completely fail because they were too short to uh, hold someone's attention and uh, like a TV show and too short or or too long to be an advertisement because essentially that's what they were. They were ads for records. They said the same thing about me. Yeah, it was too short to hold anyone's attention, and and, and look at me now. Wow, um, there you go. So, so don't buy into that. Okay, but I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose the through line. So you get burned on the barbecue, and then you start doing radio. Was that with like a day in between? No, that like, was what, probably what about fifteen years. Fifth, um, so, what's the what's the takeaway from the from the fifteen years that followed the barbecue before you put um, the headsets on? What happened? It was one of those weird things where uh, being dyslexic and completely ADD as a child, um, I ended up in a class in high school, and it was kind of the first time a, a, a professor or a teacher, it was a teacher because it was high school, said, uh, well, you're really comfortable talking in front of a microphone, you know, you could potentially do that as a career. And then I thought for a moment, I oh, what a great job. You sit in a chair, you play your favorite songs, and you talk a little bit. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. What a great job. And, and, and at that point, I, when I considered it for real, um, I was super fortunate in the sense that one of my friend's fathers, having grown up uh, on the mean streets of Encino, um, uh, was a big radio personality. And the guy... Um, he, he's passed, but uh, his name was Gary Owens. He was on a TV show called Laughing. Oh, I know who Gary um, Owens is, yeah. Yeah, he, he coined uh, Beautiful Downtown Burbank, was uh, 
uh, one of his claims to fame, but he took me in, and, and despite the fact he had to be on the air at 6 in the morning, he'd sit with me till 10, 11 o'clock at night, giving me books and copy and, you know, telling me whatever I, whatever I did, the last thing I wanted to do was leave Los Angeles because you want to go on the air in L.A., or you'll have to start in Iowa, and you don't want to do that. So he sent me to Pasadena City College. I got on KPCC when it wasn't just a news station. It, it, they played all kinds of stuff. Um, and then on to K-West 106 FM, Southern California's hottest rock and roll, um, which oh, is see, gone I like now. That. And, I like that. Uh, but that was fun. You know, it was it was great. And then... All of a sudden, I went, wow, this, this, this music video thing's going to be big. It was an opportunity to get in on the ground level of something that I believed was going to change the music business forever. What, you know, everybody went to concerts because they wanted to see the artist, right? You want to see, see a rock star. So yeah. all of a sudden, you'd have, you know, these clips. And, and, and at that point, you know, people were thinking performance video and things of that nature. Um. So I thought, wow, how can it not be successful? It's going to be giant. It overtook me in a way. The music video, you know, era just seemed to me like, oh, of course. Of course you can do all these things with music. Of course you can visualize it. Of course you can just let you blow your mind with crazy shit that that doesn't fit into a, a, a half, that isn't a half hour TV show, that is, that is, you know, just a few minutes and whatever. It just seemed like a natural, creative, artistic thing that we were getting to see being done by young people. Uh, it wasn't like going to a, a museum, to an art museum and having to respect Picasso <laughs> or something like that. It was, it was or, or Rembrandt. It was like seeing Rembrandt in front of your face doing that stuff. Was, it, 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 it did. I mean, it really did. The music business was in a slump. Uh, it was right prior to sort of, for lack of a better term, new wave music happening. Um, and uh, I was doing research at the radio station. That was one of my jobs. Like, they, the radio is really funny. They go, well, if you want to do this, you have to do this and this and this. And that. like you have to go to concerts and hand out stickers till two in the morning and then be back here at seven. Like you had to do right. all this extra shit. Um, but in the research, I was like, wow, this is incredible. So Duran Duran, as ridiculous as that sounds, was uh, the number one. Uh, 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 it was number one on the billboard music charts right and a, no radio station was playing it her name is rio and she dances on the sand right and <laughs> right and nobody was playing it wow that like it, at that moment in time the music is industry and the video uh, uh uh adjunct of it like they didn't know what to do with themselves. They couldn't make yeah. these video clips fast enough because, you know, the, initially the record companies, there was no digital music. So people actually paid for, for records, um, uh, uh, and, uh, became fans of artists opposed to a song, which is the way the music business is now. But what was incredible about it was all of a sudden, 
uh, record labels were willing to go, here's $2 million, make, make me a video. And, you know, it was a substantial amount of money. Uh, uh, it was a pretty uh, interesting thing. And, it, and, and it, it's what sort of led me into the advertising business because music uh, and music videos were tied right in with advertising. And then I learned, like, wait, this advertising stuff, that's where all the money is. There's an enormous amount of money in the advertising stuff. I should do that. Isn't that a nice thought, Gary, to think of a time when there was money in both industries? <laughs> there was, not only was there millions of dollars for a music video, there were millions of dollars for commercials. But part of that was print, right? Yeah. And there was radio, and there was TV. So there was also, there was... ABC, NBC, CBS, and then later came this crazy Fox. little network called Fox. But everybody was watching that. Period. End of story. That's what you were watching. So a television ad, when you ran a television ad, like everyone in the country saw it. It was, it was crazy. So that went away. Now there's 500 channels. Now there's streaming. Uh, and all, all of the online opportunities for an advertiser that if they're trying to talk to young people who don't watch television anyway, there's no point in putting an ad on television. They're like an advertise on Instagram and TikTok and influencers. And so that ad budget has just been dissected 400 different ways. And they don't know how to reach the people they're trying to reach any longer. Right. And we know that, and look, and we could talk ad nauseum about the industry and what's going on in the industry and where it goes. But what I think my, my listeners come to the show for is really life advice. If, and, and, and they don't want advice from me. You know, the only letters I get are, are letters asking for more guest advice and less advice from me. Um, and those, those letters so far come from my kids. But, but really, it's, That's okay. it's life advice with all the different things that you've done. If a young person's asking you for advice now and saying, you know, okay, I understand the in industry, various industries are crazy. Like, what's the, what's the best way to be, to, is there a way to be happy in today's world with all the craziness and everything that's going on? Well, <clears throat> By the way, I just want to compliment you on on the fact that your kids ask you for advice. Um, <laughs> but they're asking are, for the advice of others. That's mine are, what they're mine, asking. Me. Mine are like, yeah, right, Dad. Um, you know, it's like, uh, uh, look, we do our best. Um, no, I, yeah. I think to answer your question, it... You know, as you as you get older and whatever, you start to realize that life is short and you need to find joy in in your life and you need to be happy and um, you need to do things that bring you joy and bring you happiness. Um, and really, I think the pandemic had played a role in making people stop for five seconds because they were forced to sit in their homes with family members and not kill them. Um, yeah, I think that that ability to look within yourself and go, well, you know, do I really like this? Or is this like the most fucked up, horrible job I've ever done? 
for nine years. Um, you know, I was really lucky to to have a job that played really well into my sensibility because commercials, when you're making a TV commercial, which was, I'd say, the majority of my career between Moxie Pictures and Go Film, um, if you like the project, it was it was smiling all day long and just creating something that you really believed in or something that was going to be great. If you didn't like the project, it would be over soon. Like, yeah. sometimes you had to go to dinner with people that you loathed. You know, you're like, I, like really? I'm going to go to dinner and buy you expensive sushi right now? I, I frankly hate you. Um, you know, and that that kind of thing with a really, really difficult client two days later would come to an end. But if you go through it and um, and look at what you're doing and how you're doing it, I, I think um, it can give you a lot of insight into being happy. Like what, what, what lights a fire inside of you, you know? And uh, when the advertising industry changed um, and I ran my career in a, I think what I learned later, a unique way. I only took on projects I liked. Yeah. And if I didn't like the project or I didn't think it could be good or it was going to be embarrassing, um, and, and I know that relatively speaking to people outside of the advertising industry, that might sound weird, like what ads good? Some yeah. are. And, and, you know, some are, some are horrible. I just wouldn't do those. And it, later on, as business became harder and harder, you were getting forced into working on projects that you didn't necessarily love or that you didn't think were going to be great. Um, and for me, that, that began to take the joy out of what I did. Uh, and I began to reevaluate and really look at you know, time and things that I have. I've always had a passion for photography and, and, and love doing that and said, well, gosh, you know, at what point are you going to really get to explore that? And, uh, uh, this, the, the kickstick company, which you had mentioned, I don't know, that was a learning experience. Um, I had smoked cigarettes for my entire life and, um, I'm going to have a kickstick now while you, you you do that. Um, I have one right here, right here. Uh, it's basically a licorice root chew stick, which in the simplest terms, um, I quit smoking. I was on set, um, with, a big famous director and an even bigger and more famous actor, um, Everybody was smoking. I had quit. It was making me crazy. I had licorice root. I had bought licorice root because I needed something to chew on to sort of fulfill that oral fixation. Right. And um, so I bought a bunch of licorice root and I cut them in half and uh, was just chewing on them. And then the production designer said, what is that? I said, well, it's licorice root. And I gave one to him and the director, what's that? actor and so and I'm standing on set and I look around and no one's smoking and everyone's chewing a piece of licorice root 
Right. And we're shooting out in the desert, and they're spitting the, the, the bark part off. Um, and we're outside, and for 20 minutes, everybody stopped smoking. And I thought, wow, this could possibly be a product. And, you know, when I, when I sort of slowed down and, and decided that it was time to put the advertising business uh, uh, away and, and move on to other things in my life, it was one of the motivations was I go, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to create a brand and a logo. And like, let's see here. Look at how cool those are. That's kind of yeah. cool, right? And and I'd never done it, but I got to do everything. And I'd come from advertising. So all I really thought about was, huh, you can sell anything. You just got to advertise it correctly. So paper inserts and stickers and making them quite precious. It's not lost on me that while you had never created a product maybe and sold it that I know of, I don't know, your whole career, all those sets, all those shitty sushi dinners with people you hated, all those wonderful, amazing, groundbreaking projects, you know, and you were able to do the gamut of stuff that was to pay, keep the lights on, stuff that you kind of hated but you couldn't afford to, to, to fire the client, uh, you know, or stuff that really changed the way commercials are made um, and also brought a lot of joy to, to, you know, to viewers, I think. All of it went into this box. Like when, when I saw this thing, I was like, you know, and Kickstick isn't a, isn't a sponsor of the show. But by the end of our of our episode today, I will no longer uh, I, I don't want to be a cigarette smoker anymore after this. Um, that said, I'm not a cigarette smoker, so I think the odds are probably pretty good that I won't be when I'm done with That's this. That's what's but, so great about it is that like you're living proof that it works. Now, people would call yeah. me and they'd say, hey, um, so if I buy some kick sticks, uh, uh, will will it be easy for me to quit smoking? And I'd say, no, it's not going to help you quit. Oh, well, then why would I want it? And well, when you do decide to quit, they will help you because you have something to hold in your hand, and they have some you can put it in your mouth, and you, you know, you can take it out of your mouth, and you can twiddle it around, and it helps because you did that when you smoked. Um, and then you can just throw it out, and they're 100% natural, and they're biodegradable, and, um, you know, when we talked earlier about, like, learning, um, I got to work with some of the finest people in advertising, I mean, people who created the Nike logos, and who did, like, they were so clever, and I learned so much over the years that you're somewhat right, in the sense that the logo, the K, is a broken stick like a broken habit it means something um and the back of the box is basically this is basically just the logo exploded mm -hmm. why no reason at all it's just cool like that's cool yeah. and and all the ad guys i worked with were like well it's got to be cool um so for me in making kickstick it was fun um I got to create a logo, a brand, uh, learn how to create a product, import it into the United States, make the containers, uh, sell on Etsy and Amazon and 
Pinterest and get it on Google and and a website and 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 you know a, a page on Amazon. All this stuff, um, frankly, was learning. And now that I've learned, and now I have to do accounting. Like now, it, I, I sell one every hour, um, and I'm over it. It's like I created a company. I learned the entire time. I got to make video ads. I made Instagram things. I made like all kinds of stuff. But now it's turned into like a job. So you know, I, I, I'm I'm the company's not even two years old, but it has enormous potential in the sense that if somebody wanted to take this company to the next level, like and you could tap into the vaping market through micro influencers and get young people who are having problems trying to quit vaping and make these sticks uh, uh, a, a, a brand that is known within the world um, as an alternative to putting a vape pen in your mouth. Um, I think uh, the company would blow up and uh, you, you'd have to have a lot of them to sell. Um, I am writing now, so I want to really focus on doing some writing. And uh, when you talk about growth and learning, I think that's what made this experience so rewarding for me, was that I did something, I went all in. Um, as my spiritual advisor would say, I leaned into creating a brand that could actually help the world. Um, and it is, it's helping people stop uh, smoking and helping people stop uh, vaping and biting their nails and uh, pandemic eating and an array of other things according to the feedback on Google and whatnot. Um, and I did it, um, which is something to be proud of was uh, uh, do I have to run it the rest of my life? I kind of feel slightly responsible because it's helping people, but now I'm going to look for somebody um, to take it over, uh, and, and, and run with the ball with as much passion, um, and love as I put into creating it. That's great. When something works, you don't want it to, to stop growing. You don't want it to stop evolving, but, you know, going back to that happiness thing, you know, time is precious. And what are you, what are you writing if you're willing to share? Um, well, I wrote I wrote a, a, a horribly bad um, television pilot. Um, I wrote a movie um, script, which I meditate every day. Um, Me too. Every yeah. every day, uh, and um, I had a I don't know. It's called I guess it's called a flow. Mm -hmm. So one morning. I was meditating. This is super weird and woo-woo and odd. Um, and I just do 30 minutes every morning. I was going to ask um, how long, because I can't do 30 yet. I can do about 15 minutes, and then I... Yeah. Well, I, I, I've, they lose I've been me. doing it... Yeah, I've been, I've been doing it for years, and I do it at the exact same time every morning. I get up early. I have a place. Um, it's it's not like a, a, a special meditation room. It's it's my home gym. So, mm -hmm. uh, but there are windows looking out uh, onto some mountains. So it's beautiful and peaceful. Um, I highly recommend meditation to everyone. Um, and 
that they understand, like, the greatest thing or the funniest part about that, and I know I'm ADD, so I'm jumping all over the place, but um, <laughs> I, had a, I, I had friends going through a, a very traumatic financial situation, big lawsuit kind of thing in their lives, and, and my friend's wife was so stressed. And I said, you know, you might you might really want to try meditating just just to help and 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 put this all in perspective and realize that this isn't everything in the world. This is just a thing that's happening right now. Yeah. And she said, I, I really want to do that. I really want to start meditating. And as soon as I'm less stressed out, I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said, well, I think you're missing the point. Um, you know, and it, it was funny. I think, well, I don't know if it was, you know, uh, uh, the Dalai Lama or somebody was asked, like, so what happens um, if you don't have enough time uh, to meditate? And uh, his response was, well, then I meditate more. Uh-huh. And it's true, you know, it does bring you, it, it's like the rebooting of a computer, right? So it resets your, your mind and your day. Um, but it was one random morning, I'm meditating, I'm sort of feeling quite peaceful, and I have this idea pops into my head, and for three months, the idea just stays and stays and stays. And I can't seem to shake this idea. And so I said, okay, I'm going to write this story. And um, it's basically uh, the story of two high school students, um, two two guys who play football together, um, accidentally um, accidentally get involved with purchasing um, drugs on the dark web, um, and decide that they're going to go try these these drugs and. One of the kids, uh, one of the two kids, overdoses and dies. And this story is really about how his best friend um, deals with uh, the drama and tragic, um, you know, uh, the tragedy be- behind his family and or with his family and the community. Um, and uh, what was interesting was. Um, I had gotten some written feedback on this script, and I had written it about a year, I finished it about a year and a half ago, um, almost pandemic-y time, and I never really thought about it, um, and I got some, some feedback and, like, a, a four-page thing of notes, and it said this, what's interesting about this script is, you know, it can actually educate and be entertaining at the same time because right now we're going through this incredible fentanyl um, epidemic where all these yeah. kids are accidentally, accidentally overdosing um, and and dying because they're spiking all kinds of shit with fentanyl now. And I went, yeah. wow, I never thought of that. And uh, so I have gone back to that script I, and I need the time, but... You know, I want to put a treatment together for it um, and try to get it made because I think it's called Small Decisions. Um, and I think it's the kind of story that could maybe help a young person think twice before ingesting something that they have no idea what it is. 
And you and I, we grew up going, oh, I know what this is, and you just take right. it. Because it really <laughs> right. was that. Right. And my theory is, my, my two-second theory, is that, um, uh, I don't know if you saw Dope Sick or the documentary, The Crime of the Century, but you know yeah. it's about the Sackler family who created right. Oxycontin. And so they were shut down, so to speak, um, and had to pay, you know, $6 billion in restitution or some crazy amount. Um, and what it did was it changed, it changed the medical profession. Like, no doctor will prescribe you, like, a Vicodin or anything mm -hmm. if you hurt your back. They don't prescribe opiates. They're all paranoid that everyone's going to get strung out on drugs. So I think that the uh, drug cartels saw this great opportunity to create fake Oxycontin with fentanyl because fentanyl is so much stronger. It's 100 times stronger than heroin. Um, the problem is is that it's very easy to overdose on that because if, you're, if your body has no tolerance to opiates and you take something um, and that particular uh, knockoff pill is strong strong enough for somebody who does have uh, uh, a, a, an opiate baseline, it will kill somebody um, because your body's not ready for it. So it's kind of sad. Um, but it's, you know, I even heard of uh, a story like this. Um, I had a meeting about the movie, and uh, they said, well, did you hear this story? Like two kids went to Coachella and they bought ecstasy online, and um, it wasn't ecstasy. It it had fentanyl in it. And of the two kids, these are kids. Um, uh, go to school in in I live in Studio City in in the area, um, and one of the kids took this fake drug and died. And um, it's. I think with all the stuff going on in the news right now between, you know, Russia and, you know, the, these these mass shootings and all this stuff, this this fentanyl uh, uh, epidemic and and uh, all these overdoses are kind of backstory right now, um, but kids, I think, really need to think about what they're about to take because they don't know what it is. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're invincible, right? Like, you can just do anything. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, th I think, Gary, that, you know, what, what that answers in a way is, the, is to my earlier question of, you know, what can you do to, to live a happy life? What can you do to... If, if we feel paralyzed by some of the horrors that we see on a daily basis, we can't do anything to make the world better at all. But we also can't expect ourselves to solve the big problem that's freaking us out that day. So it makes sense to say, I'm going to write a, you know, I'm going to write a, a, a screenplay um, about, about the fentanyl, you know, epidemic and crisis. And if it gets made or if, if word spreads about it, if a kid sees it if it's if one kid's one kid thinks twice and their life is saved by by that you know that's an amazing wonderful thing that 
you've done, that whoever's involved in the project has done. And it it isn't setting out to, you know, eradicate the problem. That's too big a bite to, to take off. It's it's setting out to address something. So maybe 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 to ease our minds, it's the idea of you know just address something. You know, it's we can do all <clears throat> kinds of things. What we yeah. don't have to do is is be slaves to some notion that we have no freedom. You know, and I think I think you're right. I mean, I, in in all of this and everything that that we do, right? It's it is really um, it is really about doing those things that that light that fire inside of you because that's what you're going to do best and that is what you're going to enjoy and going to make you want to get out of bed um i'd never you know i'm i'm in the process of sort of writing my third thing which is i'm i'm a number of people said write comedy you know you worked with the big biggest comedy directors in the world yeah like you know Todd Phillips, who made The Hangover, right? Like, I launched him making a TV commercial. Like, we did TV commercials together long before he ever made his first movie. Right. Um, and got him the talent for in a Pepsi ad who who was in, in, in Road Trip. You know, Tom Green, who uh, was his first movie, you know, and it was like he had to get a star attached to his movie to make it. He's like, oh, let's put him in this Pepsi ad. So and then he pitched him the movie. Um and uh, David Dobkin, who did Wedding Crashers, and it's all these comedy guys, and Christopher Guest. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I think what's interesting is our minds work in, in, a, in a certain way, right? So you, you write or you do what you feel, right? And, and kind of, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to sit down and try to write a comedy. Um, you know, uh, it's 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 something that I want to do, but it's taking a lot more energy. Um, it's not just coming to me as easily as sort of this fixed dramatic story that I created. Um, uh, but it's fun because I'm learning, and I think what um, what the Kickstick Company and that venture, um, which was probably. Uh, it's been in business for about a year and a half, um, and prior to that was the pandemic, so there was a year of creating uh, the company, but that time and, and what what I'm taking away from it is just all the stuff I learned and how much I enjoyed learning new things and like learning how to do new stuff is one of the biggest keys to um, to really being on fire and enjoying it. Like, you know, you started the, 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 the clothing, the kosher clothing company or, or the kosher clo- clothing company is something that, you know, it, it's, it's from within a passion, right? It's like, I want to do this and I want to create it in a way that um, uh, it's good. Right, like it that right. that brings people you, together, right? Let's people talk to each other and 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 br- bring kindness. Wear kindly, like that's the thing you know? with with that, you know. You know? Wear kindly. That's oh, it. I love it. Simple. Thank you. It's just a simple, 
simple thing, simple notion, but you know, put it's it like out. Putting put love it out. into the world. Put buddy. love in the world. Put a little love in your heart. Yeah. You know, and I think making people smile, which I, I know, like your your entire career. I mean, we've known each other a long time. You know, you've always been a very funny guy, and I think that that has also made people and encouraged people to want to spend time or interact or work with you on so many different levels because it's fun. Like, and that's, you know, you want to, you want to be able to really look at life that way and find the joy in, in what you do because, you know, we're here for, for, yeah. for you know, frankly, a, a blink of an eye. And especially when you hear about, you know, this horrible stuff on the news and you go, gosh, you know, I just want to, I really want to give back and do what I can and, and, uh, do things that make me happy because frankly, um, you know, that this is it. It's not what somebody once said to me, he goes, this is it. It's not a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Like really go for it. You know, have a good time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in making commercials and, uh, having made thousands of commercials, thousands, um, and having won every award in advertising uh, that's conceivably possible to win. Um, right. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm trying to say that what what was important was doing stuff that was good. Like, right. it, whether there was money or not, like, we were going to make it the best we possibly could. And um, what that inevitably netted was great work and funny work and work that, um, uh, uh, you know, we were rewarded for with uh, appreciation of industry peers because we went into it and did it with a smile on our faces. We, it yeah. was not, it was all those projects that you can look back on and go, oh, my God. Everybody was so stressed out and it felt like, um, you know, we were, we were doing brain surgery. Yeah. Those aren't the projects that, that ended up uh, winning awards and being successful. It was the ones that were kind of a joy to make. And we laughed on set and just went, yeah. let's do this. Let's do that, you know. Um, and I think that inevitably... Um, just reflects in everything. Just, just look for the look for the look for the smile in, in in the stuff that you do. I got that from my dad. My dad was an attorney, but I think every interaction he had with somebody left them with a little smile, just by virtue of something he said. You know, it could be a joke, could be a, a piece of advice, could be could be a nod or a look or whatever it was. But that was the effect, and I and I always I picked up on that, and I was like. That's nice, and I don't think I did it or do it consciously either, but I think it in reflecting on it, the smile is not an accident, you know? The, the, the wear kindly is not an accident that we, that we came up with that notion to, to put that on a hat, you know? Um, right. It's not. It's, it's, so. it's inherently coming from, you know, your soul and what you're all about. And, you know, somebody once said to me, uh, when I was was young, they said, you know, just do what you love, and money will follow. And I think, you know, so many people reverse that, especially when they're young, and they're like, well, how am I going to make a good living? Right. It's like, well, 
Maybe what you want to really focus on is what's going to make you happy. And if you do that really well because you are happy, um, you won't need to worry about money. It'll follow. And and um, I took that advice um, and, you know, honestly did have a, 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 a super blessed career in, in advertising and, and marketing. And even the, the Kickstick company has done well. Um, I, I think that you just, if you, if you really trust and believe that doing things that you're going to enjoy and doing things uh, uh, that, that bring you happiness, you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, with that, Gary, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it was a good time. I, I appreciate what you're doing and uh, have fun doing it. And, and thanks for having me on as a guest. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends.